Today is Friday, August the 18th, 2023. This is a Daily Inc. update. The man who is challenging Joe Biden in the Democratic presidential primary says he is the first candidate in U.S. history to be denied Secret Service protection at this point in his campaign. Robert Kennedy Jr. spoke at the Iowa State Fair recently about his call to Joe Biden asking for the Secret Service protection. John McCain got it 551 days out. Obama got it 551 days out. Literally, Jesse Jackson, Shirley Chisholm, you go all the way back, John McCain. All of them were given Secret Service protection much farther out than I requested. Oh, the, uh, the excuse that the White House has given that it's not available until 120 days out is just uh, specious. It's dishonest. It's not true. Well, more digging from Republicans in the House Oversight Committee is now showing that Joe Biden used a pseudonym and secondary email to communicate with his son, Hunter Biden, when Hunter was making business deals in Ukraine and Joe Biden was vice president. The revelation of the multiple email accounts comes after Chairman James Comer demanded that the National Archives and Records Administration release records related to Joe Biden's vice presidency. Biden used the name of Robert Peters, Robin Ware, and J.R.B. Ware to sign off on these emails. Comer is now seeking unrestricted special access to the emails from Joe Biden and Hunter Biden that are related to Burisma and Ukraine. Comer says the actions of the Biden family members in the area of financial gain and ethics laws are now placing American national security and interests at risk. A professional surfer from Hawaii says he's not seeing much help from either the state or federal agencies when it comes to those who have been affected by the fires in Maui. Kai Lenny spoke with CBS News from the island of Maui, where he lives, after working at a volunteer hub and distribution sites to help those in need. We just took it upon ourselves like, OK, we could probably do a full day to hold our friends and family over before the you know caravan arrives with everything. And it was just like day after day. Where are they? I haven't seen, you know, one state, one county, one federal official at any one of the donation hubs where people are most suffering. People are sleeping in their cars. People are asking for specific items now. So the, the federal government says they're here. FEMA says they're here. Small Business Administration, the National Guard. There's been a response from Maui County, from the governor. It's very hard for anyone sitting or I'm sitting as a journalist to evaluate the response because it's closed to the public in Lahaina. As soon as you go to the west side, all of a sudden you're like, wow, why do I feel like I'm in a third world country right now? You could go to any one of those hubs on the west side of the island and you can ask everyone there. And they'll be like, oh, we haven't seen anyone. No one came to talk to us. No one's come to assist. I wonder if the state, county, they believe we're doing such a good job, they don't need to step in. But a lot of these volunteers have been going all day, all night for five, six days now yeah. and are exhausted and are waiting for a handoff or at least a break. The Hawaiian people, the locals that have lived here, they just always feel like they're the last to be thought of. And they're like the foundation of it. The supermajority of Republicans in the North Carolina legislature have pulled together to override three vetoes coming from the Democratic governor, Roy Cooper. The bills that have been vetoed deal with transgenderism. The first bans gender transition surgeries and hormones to minors. The second limits how much gender identity can be discussed in schools. And the third prohibits transgender athletes from competing in girls' sports programs. 
Governor Cooper accused the Republicans of having the wrong priorities, that they should be focused more on passing a budget bill. The vote to override Cooper's veto was 73 to 46 in the state house and 27 to 18 in the state Senate. These national story updates have been brought to you by Open Inc., a website that is a repository of documents for those who like deep digging, critical thinking, and true journalism where the facts speak for themselves. Up next, a preview of what is coming and what is available on the Open Inc. website. There are a lot of questions now emerging about the fires in Maui, Hawaii that got started last week, especially why the fire alarm system on that island, which consists of 400 alarms, did not get triggered at any point and go off to warn people. You heard the testimony earlier of the professional surfer on that island who has not seen much of a presence of FEMA or other emergency relief state or federal agencies Now, that is one man's testimony, and we'll see if any more make it out in the news. But it is interesting if you go look at the documents available on Open.Inc. about FEMA. All the way back in 2008, that agency was making contingency plans for how to handle a space object, like a satellite, that has gone out of orbit and is going to crash to the Earth. The FEMA docs detail out the responses on the ground to the debris and the potential toxins that could enter the environment from that crash. That was all mapped out on paper back in 2008. It does seem a little odd that while FEMA was preparing for a satellite falling to the Earth over 15 years ago, along with a number of other large catastrophic scenarios, that there are now reports from on the ground in Maui of FEMA not showing up in the area most hardest hit by these wildfires. It seems also odd that FEMA would not be executing at a high level of precision all the training and supplies that they have been tasked with implementing in such cases. They've been training to do this for decades, right? This is a story that I'm definitely going to keep an eye on. When it comes to Hawaii, There are docs on opening that are open record requests that were made by True the Vote in an effort to seek more information on the process of that state maintaining their voter rolls and uh, voter registration. That document can be easily found by going to the upper right-hand corner of the screen, hitting the documents link, and then typing Hawaii in the search bar. Also, when it comes to voter rolls, voting machines, election integrity, and election fraud, there was a conference held this week in Missouri for two days that was funded by Mike Lindell. He brought together experts in cybersecurity and election integrity, as well as active citizens from across all 50 states. There were ongoing presentations of all of the election fraud evidence and information that was acquired since the 2020 presidential election. Here is a discussion that was being held at that conference about inflated voter rolls as well as computer manipulation of the electronic machines. In that discussion between Clay Parikh and Kurt Olson, the topic came up about Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrook and their use of open records requests to bring election information under scrutiny and to the public. To be an administrator on a system is not to be at the root level of the system. And normally when you say root level, you talk about Linux, Unix-based systems. But it also, in different terms, still applies to Windows. So you're at the system level, the very bottom level. So if a user is granted super administration or super user permissions, they have the authority to work at the system level, which gives you complete and total control. But is, is there a, is there a, a, a phrase that's, that's called? Yeah, yeah. You, you can often refer to it as God mode. So the God mode. That's the type of control that Chinese CCP 
contractors had on these election systems, which are also connected to CIDL and possibly others. And what did ha what happened? The Department of Justice, attorneys from the Department of Justice shut this down. You haven't heard a peep about Connick since those charges were dropped. This is what we're up against. Public records requests. Everybody should be peppering their election departments for any information regarding Connick, regarding Seidel. This again gets into the communication pathways with the machines, but this is our power. Our power legally is to expose this, and we expose this through public records requests to get that information. So we have the power. We have the power. People just need to exercise that power. And it's not just one request. People like Catherine and Greg Phillips have done, I mean, they have sacrificed so much to bring this information. They were actually thrown in jail by a federal district court judge for refusing to disclose the identity of their confidential informant they were working with to get this information. Rather than being celebrated as heroes, they were thrown in jail. Now, the Fifth Circuit reversed the district courts holding them in contempt and ordered them released from jail. What is interesting, that judge left the case. And when Catherine and Greg and True the Vote and their attorneys, who I'm working with, by the way, we are, there is more to come with Connick, so beware. When, when, their, when their attorneys started issuing discovery, subpoenas on Connick and discovery requests, you know what Connick did? They dropped the case. They don't want this information exposed. Also, don't forget there is now an opportunity for those who utilize the Open Ink resource to offer any tips or ideas on documentation or resources that would be useful in expanding the Open Ink website. You can send those tips by way of an email to grace, G-R-A-C-E, at open.inkink. Thanks for listening to this Daily Ink Update. Thank you.